Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dead Men Don't Podcast, the Woo! show where we tell stories for the people that can no longer share them. I'm Kenzie. I'm Adara. And we are back with another historical episode that has a sprinkle of superstition in it. As you can tell, I'm talking for more than five seconds. For the first time, Kenzie killed Adara. <laughs> I have written the episode today. Now, you will have to bear with me as I only have experience speaking for five seconds, commenting on Adara's material, so I hope my delivery will be up to her caliber. Oh, God. Pay attention, because Kenzie did all of the work for this episode. She's literally doing all of the work for this episode. I am I only am. here to provide commentary, but she did all the research. She wrote her script, mm -hmm. and she's going to be doing all the technical editing and all the shit that I don't bother with. So, <laughs> you know, be nice to her. Yes, please. <laughs> Before we get started, just a disclaimer for anyone who has landed on our podcast today. We at Dead Men Don't Podcast are not ghost hunters or mythbusters. We are two Canadian what? girls exploring the history behind hauntings, the people that experience them, and stories of folklore that intrigue us. So, that being said, let's get into this week's topic. Me, the ghost enthusiast of this podcast who loves talking about ghosts, decided not to do a ghost episode this week. Today, we'll be covering a Canadian sea tragedy. <laughs> yes! Ships? Yes. The sinking of ocean liner Empress of Ireland and the curse that could have doomed it. What happened in the evening hours of a foggy May night in 1914 was quick and merciless. Over a thousand lives were claimed by the black glacial waters of the St. Lawrence River. Though it is now dubbed as one of the worst maritime disasters in Canadian history, few have heard of it. This is due to the loom of the First World War, which began in July of the same year. I'm sure you all have heard of the Titanic. It's a tragedy that was surrounded by Hollywood glamour. It was an infamous maritime disaster that grasped worldwide attention in 1911, and still does over a hundred years later. It led to three films. I'm not going to talk about the other two, you probably know both of them, but I don't. <laughs> The 1997 film starring Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio won 11 Oscars and became the first film to hit the billion-dollar mark in the box office. It stayed the highest-grossing film until James Cameron's Avatar surpassed it in 2010. So in short, it's probably the most recognized ship of all time. Can we just pause for a second yep. and talk about the first time we ever saw Titanic? Uh... You could talk about it because I haven't seen it. Oh my god! I have this thing where I avoid depressing movies because I know it ends depressing. Like, I know it happens because people no, have told me No, the Titanic has a happy ending. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it but has no, a famously unhappy you ending. Have, you have to see the Titanic, though. That's yeah. a literal classic. You have to see it. Anyways, I'll talk about the first time I saw it. I was in high school, okay? So I think I was in grade 10 when I saw it for the first time. Guys, this was 2010. Do you want to know how I saw the Titanic? How? On a VHS. So the movie's so long that it's split into two VHS tapes, oh so we god. had to switch it halfway through. Oh my god. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> VHS. Those were the days. Okay. The 167-meter-long Empress of Ireland did not match the Titanic in size or luxurious trimmings but it was a vital part of Canadian immigration boom in the early 1900s. Around 120,000 European immigrants sailed on the ship to a new home in Canada. 
The federal government has estimated that one in about 35 Canadians can trace an ancestor to this ship. Since the sinking of the Titanic in 1911 and the paranoia surrounding it, the number of lifeboats on the Empress of Ireland increased from 16 to 42. Oh, that's the most dangerous part of a boat, though, mm-hmm. is the lifeboat. Yep. As we're going to learn. Yep. Okay. So let's get into the story. On the morning of May 28, 1914, lifeboat launching exercises, door closing, and fire drills were executed on the Empress of Ireland in under three minutes. The launching of each boat took ten crew members. The ship then left Quebec and headed down the St. Lawrence River. Its destination was across the Atlantic to Liverpool, England. The ship's captain, Henry George Kendall, was on his first voyage with the vessel. 1,057 passengers and 420 crew members settled in. Third class was called to dinner first, followed by second and first class. While people filled their stomachs, members of the Salvation Army created a festive atmosphere. Singing and piano tunes poured out of music rooms and into the evening air. Other passengers took the opportunity to write letters to loved ones. Around 11 p.m., people began to retire for the night. At 1.40 a.m., the ship's lookout rang a bell to signal the presence of a white light in the distance. The ship they saw was Storstad, a coal ship heading towards, now I'm going to butcher this because it's a very French word, Point Au-Pair, <laughs> a coal ship heading towards Point Au-Pair. A minute later, both ships disappeared into heavy fog. At 1.55, sailors saw Storstad's prow, which is the forward-most part of the ship's bow, emerged from the fog about 100 meters away. It was heading right towards the Empress. Storstad slammed the side of the Empress, jolting awake passengers and crew. It left a gaping 4-meter-wide by 14-meter-high hole. Frigid seawater entered several levels of the ship at once. At 1.57 a.m., the boiler room was flooded. Alarms blared and crew members rushed to their posts to close the watertight doors. The ship was listing, or tipping, and walls of water had already covered many corridors, making it impossible to close the starboard doors. From Virtual Museum's Adaptation of Witness Accounts, I was awoken by a loud noise and a violent impact. I suddenly thought we had just hit an iceberg. It felt like the boat was leaning on its side. I jumped out of my berth. I don't know what that is. Bedroom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I pulled on my pants. I picked up two life vests. I did this because, with the angle of the floor, I could see very clearly that something was going wrong. I threw a vest to my cabin mate and rushed into the passageway. Other passengers were running toward the outside. The water was coming in through the portholes. The boat was listing more and more. The passageways quickly filled up. The passengers had to fight against the current. Several were not able to get to the deck in time. We heard women and children screaming. It was terrible. Men as courageous as they were generous tried to help them, but it happened so fast. It was impossible to do any more. Suddenly, an officer cried out, Everyone must do what he can to save himself. I will never forget this order. It was the last. At 1.55 a.m., some lifeboats were launched with great difficulty due to the two-ton weight of the boats and the listing of the ship. As Adara said before, they're very heavy. We'll get into And one of the most dangerous things in there. We'll get into it. Only five of the 21 starboard lifeboats were released. At 2 a.m., the Storstad released its lifeboats. From an adaptation of witness accounts, 
While we were performing the maneuvers, we heard the passengers of the Empress calling for help. We were two boat lengths away from the disappearing ship. In about two minutes, we had reached the first swimmers who were trying to save their lives. I picked up about 50 people on the first trip, even though my lifeboat could only hold 30. It's true we were overloaded, but we had to save as many people as possible. People were shouting at us to stop picking up stranded passengers, but we had to take as many as we could. At 2.01, the ship listed sharply, the staircases so slanted that people clung to the banisters that were almost over their heads. Many people plunged into darkness with no chance of escape. Second and third class passengers, hundreds of people, were already doomed to the already flooded starboard side. The ship was on a 60 degree angle. Passengers slipped on the decks, crashing to structural elements, falling into water or instantly killed by falling lifeboats and derricks which is a movable crane arm, I looked at that. <laughs> the liner capsized, and Captain Kendall was thrown overboard. Two smokestacks struck the water and crushed a lifeboat and its passengers. At 2.09 a.m., the ship was claimed by the icy depths of the water. The Empress of Ireland disappeared into the St. Lawrence River in just 14 minutes. Of 1,447 on board, 1,012 perished. 840 of those were passengers, which is eight more than the Titanic. Only four of the 138 children on board survived. For days, bodies were recovered from the water, but many could not be recognized. So, okay. This is not to say that we shouldn't have any sort of form of safety, you know, fallback, especially when a ship is sinking. Mm. However, it's like um, lifeboats kill more people on ships than sinking ships do because they are so heavy and they're so difficult to maneuver Mm -hmm. and they'll fall on crew members or or even passengers. Um, And if a ship is sinking, it takes so long to unhook it and get it down to the water and get Mm -hmm. it filled that... By the time, if you do it successfully, by the time you've done it successfully, you could have already gotten more people off the exactly. ship. Plus, if it's a largely loaded ship like like this one was, as soon as you get one one lifeboat into the water, people are going to push to try to get onto it, which causes more injuries, and it's just like it's just mm-hmm. awful. Second of all, life jackets don't do shit on a plane or on a ship so do not fucking reach for your life jacket because by the time you get it on and try to figure out where all the straps are going to be you've drowned yeah especially how fast the ship was sinking exactly yeah you need to get out of there just quick yeah find a different way maybe grab the life jacket and just float on it figure out something else but once you like especially on a plane if a plane is crashing into the water um do not put their life jackets on because Uh life jackets on planes don't work properly Hmm. so when they inflate it can actually hurt you and also people don't know how to put it on the right way and by the time they get it inflated it's not actually going to hold them upright in the water so they end up drowning anyway anyways okay so that's my little technical rant i like (laughs) (laughs) and you thought i wouldn't speak this episode no i no i want i wanted you to okay now let's get into the superstition that surrounds this tragedy Before I state what I found, I want to say I am in no way saying superstition is the cause of all the lives lost. However, we are a supernatural podcast, and after finding a few things... What? Yeah. (laughs) Dead men don't podcast. (laughs) 
I thought it was worth to present it to all of you listening, so let's get into it. The Captain, Henry George Henny. <laughs> I love Captain Henny. Yeah. Captain Henny sounds like he's really short and has a really scraggly red beard yeah. and wears plaid all Henny. the time. Captain Henny. Yeah. Okay. The Captain, Henry, Henry George Kendall survived. But this is not the only shipwreck he has been in. In June 1901, he survived a shipwreck off the Newfoundland coast. In 1918, Kendall was stationed on the HMS Calgarian. The vessel was torpedoed by a German submarine, and Kendall survived again. Okay, so why is Henny still captaining ships if almost everything he's been on... Fucking no! <laughs> you know, maybe you chose the wrong career. Exactly. <laughs> now... Captain Kendall is actually very well known for his involvement in the capture of a murderer. Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen of London, England, was on the run for murdering his wife. He ended up being the first criminal brought to justice due to wireless communication. A few years before the sinking of the Empress, Kendall recognized Crippen in disguise while he was the captain of a ship called the Montrose. Kendall had the telegraphist send a wireless telegram to the British authorities. Crippen was arrested and hung for his crime. Hmm. It is said that Crippen cursed Kendall for what he did to him when he was captured by a Scotland Yard inspector, proclaiming he would suffer for his treachery. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Putting curses aside, there is a small note of sailor superstition as well. The Empress of... (laughs) Sorry, just a small note. Sailors are some of the most superstitious people on the planet. Just for like this particular story, (laughs) though. I could have gone into all the sailor superstitions, but that would have taken me like two episodes. I was going to do that. (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, you could. Okay. The Empress of Ireland had an orange cat named Emmy. Emmy and Emmy? (laughs) I want a TV show, a bunny cop movie of this captain and his cat, Emmy and Emmy. All right. The Empress of Ireland had an orange cat named Emmy. It jumped off the vessel before it left Quebec City the day before the disaster. She was caught and brought back to the ship, but she jumped off again, leaving a litter of kittens behind. When a ship loses its cat, it's considered a terrible omen. It is tradition among British and Irish sailors to have a cat for the ship. It is known to bring good luck. Cats were believed to have powers where they could predict the weather just true because cats as soon as i saw a cat they tear around like crazy people when a storm is coming there's a huge snowstorm coming on sunday yeah i heard and you've seen how bad he's behaving tonight yep today the empress of ireland rests beneath about 130 feet of water this makes it accessible to divers but only ones that are experts due to the frigid temperatures and five knot tidal currents half a dozen divers have died exploring the wreck Despite that, the wreckage is known as one of the most pillaged in the world. Unfortunately, bones of the victims of the wreck have been taken by divers. Ooh, That's just a ghost thing just waiting to happen. How many of those divers are haunted? Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? That's so messed up. That's just like creepy, just baseline. Yeah. Like, Like, oh, this is a human bone. I want to keep it in my head. House. Yeah, tragedy of like over a thousand people dying. I'm gonna take this person's femur and keep and it in mind. And it's so. It's also so recent. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yes, exactly. Other expeditions have recovered thousands of items, which include signs, bottles of intact champagne and wine, and the bugle that announced mealtimes. 
These items are displayed at the historic site. I have personally been to the exhibit at the historic site. It's located at the Point Au Pair <laughs> Maritime Historic Site in Rimouski, Quebec. Definitely worth the trip if you are around Rimouski. <laughs> and I have comment period. <laughs> Do you have any comments? Is it the end? Yes. Oh. Well, then I'm going to say something about the song that I'm going to play at the end. Okay, cool. Well, first of all... <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Kenzie's first episode. So maybe maybe we should talk a little bit more about superstition. Okay. Okay, I want to I wish I I wish we had more information about this curse mm-hmm. that the murderer put on him cuz I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. But also it feels like Captain Henny Henny Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Henny um was cursed from the start. Shipwreck, murderer. Yeah. Murderer says curse you, Henny. Cur- yep. Goes on his first voyage on the Empress of Ireland, ship sinks. Ship sinks. Okay. So he survived that shipwreck. He survived Empress of Ireland. And then First World War came. He was stationed. A German (laughs) U-boat put four bombs into the ship, Mm -hmm. blowing up hundreds of people. And he survived that as well. So he somehow, (laughs) like, it's like the world is saying, get the fuck off this water. (laughs) You're allowed to live. You just cannot be on water. I know. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. So I think it, it seems to me that somehow he had something going on before the curse was laid on him even. And then the curse just kind of amplified whatever that 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 is. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cat knew something was up too. Well, yeah. That's odd. Yeah. Because that doesn't usually happen. Although so. her poor litter. But like a cat leaving her litter? like Yeah. Cats don't odd. do that. I want everybody to comment and tell Kenzie what a great job she did. And then she'll do more episodes in the future. Yes. And you can email us at deadmendonpodcast at gmail.com, but it will say that at the end of the episode. So. You can email us at deadmendonpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> to compliment Kenzie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the reason I chose to do this episode is because my stepdad wrote an album with his Irish folk band called Cool Park. And my mom wrote this song. And... She did this because her and him felt the need to do it. It was like almost like she felt that there wasn't enough recognition and she felt like they were kind of communicating with her the pain of like all that was caused them that she felt the need to write this song. And so she wrote the song. My stepdad composed it and it is on their album and it's on the whole disaster. So I will link where you can find the album in the show notes. I will link my all the research I did in the show notes. And I thought we would just play out this episode with the song. Great. Bye guys. Mahogany, untufted banquets, dine most esteemed guests. 
Down on the promenade, Ali, let us sing along. Moon and stars shone on the jubilant crowd. Some still wrote letters, played cards, drank a glass of port, then are retired for a restful first night. Dreams of reunions, homecomings, honeymoons, meeting grandchildren, grandparents' delight. The chief steward had found no problems at hand. The empress of Ireland made her way to sea. She ran blind through the night. A collier sliced empress. Some rose from their beds. A swift wall of water soon buried their heads. Lifeboats for all. No time to fill them. In just 14 minutes. The empress was gone. One thousand twelve souls she took when she dove. The fog left a green glowing. 